and welcome to the Opera and Coffee podcast. I am your host, Candace Shaughnessy, and welcome back. I am feeling much better this week. Um, I'm finally able to smell and taste at least a little bit. For those of you that have had COVID, if you've had a mild case, you probably know what I'm talking about, where you lose your smell and taste, and mine's starting to come back, so very thankful for that. Anyway, so today I'm going to talk about something that is... Uh, a little more technical than what I've done thus far, but I think it's helpful and important, and I I would like to share the information. And I'm going to talk today about tips for teaching lessons online. Uh, those of you that have been teaching through COVID probably know um, some of this stuff already, but I'm releasing this for anybody who either is starting to teach soon or needs the information in any way, shape, or form. And a lot of this stuff is um, is really like very common sense based, but some of it isn't. And some of it I definitely had to learn on the fly. So I just wanted to share some uh, tips that I figured out that have been really helpful for teaching online during this time of COVID. Um, so a little bit of history before I start. So prior to... Um, everybody getting sent home in March because of the coronavirus crisis. I had taught online before that. Um, I had taught some voice lessons online over FaceTime, over Zoom, uh, to various students, some of them from back home in Pittsburgh when I moved to New York, and just online in general, because it was kind of a burgeoning thing before covid that you could study online with people that started to become a thing pre coronavirus, but it wasn't very popular. I would have like a student here or there, but I wouldn't have a consistent roster of students online. And it wasn't really until COVID that I had a consistent roster of students online. And also before COVID and actually about a year prior to COVID, I had taught with an online ESL company called VIP Kid. And with VIP Kid, I had to learn a lot of inner technical stuff <laughs> um, to get everything to work for me so that the students I was teaching in China could hear me on my end. So that was very helpful at the beginning of the coronavirus pandemic, I have to say, because I used a lot of that knowledge to help me. Um, so once COVID started, though, um, when the whole thing began and we got shut down in the United States, I had a really old computer that I didn't use very much because I taught primarily in person. I had a newer iPad. So I started teaching on the iPad first. And it was kind of a mess because my Wi-Fi situation is not great in my apartment uh, my router is really far away from where I teach, and it's a really old apartment, so basically the Wi-Fi doesn't travel through walls well, so it was kind of a nightmare, and there were some things that I figured out over time. Um, so I'm just going to walk through some basics of teaching online. The first one is find a platform that works for you. Uh, the platform that I have to use the most often is actually not my favorite platform. I, through school, I have to use Zoom. 
Now, if you have somebody who is on an Android phone or Android device of any kind and not on a Mac, you don't really have a choice. You have to use Zoom. And Zoom is fine. It's it's fine. Um, FaceTime is far superior. If you can use FaceTime, you don't have to mess as much with the audio settings. FaceTime is just a cleaner picture. It's a cleaner audio. It's a cleaner everything. And I far prefer FaceTime over Zoom, but Zoom is the most cost-effective and universal option. So if you have to use Zoom, use Zoom. Also, I have heard good things about Google Meet. I haven't had great experiences with Google Meet, but if you have figured out how to use Google Meet, you know, totally like use that if that is the easiest thing for you to use. Um, in terms of Zoom, the problem with Zoom is that the audio is not built to pick up singing and especially singing in certain ranges, whether that be very high or very low. So what I think is your best option whenever you do Zoom is to go in and mess with your sound settings. Now they are, if you see the little microphone in the bottom left-hand corner, go there and go to advanced auto settings. I think it's the last thing on the list if you haven't updated Zoom. And you turn on the following, original sound, echo cancellation. You need echo cancellation with the original sound, otherwise you get the original sound with a bunch of echo, which trust me, you do not want to deal with. It is such a pain. Um, you also, uh, I also suggest they now have a setting called high fidelity music, which is extremely helpful. And they also have a setting for, you can set how much background noise you want. I always set mine to low. Uh, you can see what the best option is for you when you go into Zoom to teach. But for me, that's the combination I have found that works the best. Also, in the meeting, you can turn the original sound on and off if you get feedback. In the upper left-hand corner, it says turn original sound on, turn original sound off, and you just click it. Um, I would also say spend a little bit of money and get a decent external mic. Now, if you are teaching singing, I highly, highly recommend you get a stand mic. Um, I, I have a Blue Yeti Nano, and I find it very, very helpful to have something like the Blue Yeti Nano. There are better versions of the Blue Yeti, by the way, um, that you can buy. This is kind of like the middle range stand mic. It's external. You plug it in with a USB cord. It's very, very easy to use. If you have a new Mac, there is a an adapter you can get to plug in your USB cables. Um, I really highly recommend this over having a headset. The headsets are great if you're talking, but if you're singing, they can be overwhelming and the microphone is not powerful enough and the condenser isn't good enough for um, singing because singing is just naturally louder. And the, these kinds of microphones are built to pick up singing. Whereas the mics that you use as a headset mic is not. Um, unless it is a specialized mic for singing, 
So do your research on that. But I find an external mic to be extraordinarily helpful. It's and, and truthfully, it has a lot of uses for me. I use it um, to record. I use it for lessons and I use it for this podcast. I use it for all sorts of stuff. It is worth it. And it makes a really big difference on your student's end to have a good microphone on your end. Um, here's another thing to note. When you're teaching voice lessons online, as opposed to in person, in person you have an immediacy factor. So if you play an exercise, the student can sing with you. That is not the case online. No matter how good your system is, unless you have one of the very specialized systems where you go into a, um, there are certain things where you can go into specialized servers and sing and play at the same time. I'm not going to talk about those in these podcasts. I have not looked into them. I don't have enough knowledge about them, but they're, they do exist. They're out there. For most of us, we're going to have to do this thing where we play and the student sings. Um, so you play first, student sings second. Now, um, one thing that I have found really helpful, when I teach in person, I am very much Sherlock Holmes problem solver voice teacher. While I'm teaching them the concepts and how to function in their anatomy and everything, I normally am doing a lot of pro problem solving um, as well as warming the students up at the same time. I have found that very hard to do over in a voice lesson teaching situation online because you have the delay and you have to basically play or sing and then the student responds to you. It's a lot of call and response. So what I advise, because there is so much call and response, is that you have some sort of set of predisposed warmups that you use for that student maybe every week, or you have like simplified versions of it so they can run through it and warm up and then you can have a discussion about technique with a warm-up that they're really comfortable doing. Um, this goes for a live lesson too, but it's more important I have found for a non-live lesson because, or an online lesson rather, because it is much, much, much harder to do multiple things at once online. You have to do one thing at a time. So also, if, if you don't have strong ear training skills, um, keep building them when teaching online. I have found that that has been my saving grace, that I can basically look at music, sight read it, sing it for my student, they sing it back to me. And also, teaching online, I have found, I do not sing with students a lot in live lessons. Um, I don't sing for them. I, I don't do a lot of that. I mean, I do do some call and response, but as little singing as humanly possible. It's kind of hard to do that on Zoom or on FaceTime. You have to do a lot more call and response than usual just because of the fact that it's harder to hear the piano and it's harder to conceive of the abstractness of the piano to the voice um, in my experience and with the level of students that I teach. So I really advise getting really, really good with your, your training skills so you can sight read pieces and break them down, especially for your younger students and have them like call and respond to you through a piece of music. Because if a student isn't a strong sight reader, it's really, really, really tough to teach them um, 
uh, through just playing piano. I can do that in person, no problem. But I have found on online, it's a tougher thing to do. If you found a workaround for this, please let me know. I I am happy for any feedback. <laughs> um, also, um, lighting. This sounds really dumb, but it makes a big difference. Get a little, I actually have a clip light. I think it cost me less than $20. And I just charge it and then I can clip it above my computer. And then my students can see me very clearly. Lighting really matters so your students can see what's going on in your face and in your body when you're singing. I do a lot of body work, so I have found it very important to have good lighting. Um, you can do it in many different ways, and there are lots of options out there for you. You don't have to get a big fancy ring light, but if you do, if you have the money, if you want to invest in it, I think it's great. You don't necessarily have to, but the lighting does make a big, big, big difference. So I would invest in some good lighting if you can. Also, um, this also is a is something that if you don't have a great Wi-Fi connection, I actually bought an old school Ethernet cable and I plugged directly into my uh, router. And it is the most helpful thing ever because I will tell you that if your Wi-Fi cuts out the ethernet is so much more stable and it gives you a more stable picture and it gives you more stable audio. So I have an ethernet cable that I run all the way out to my router plugged directly into my computer so that I have a fail safe if things go down. Now, if your router goes down and yes, that has happened to me because every tech thing has happened to me during this pandemic, um, then you're kind of out of luck and you just have to reboot your router. But it is a nice fail-safe for Wi-Fi. I also have a Wi-Fi extender. They're not very expensive. You plug them into the wall and basically it acts as, it extends your Wi-Fi. So your Wi-Fi uh, signal bounces off the extender and then into whatever space you are in. And I have found that very, very helpful because to have basically fail-safes for Wi-Fi because you just never know, friends. You just never know um, with Wi-Fi. Anyway, so if you want to find me on the interwebs, my name is Candace Shaughnessy. Uh, you can visit my website, www.candaceshaughnessy.com. That is C-A-N-D-I-C-E-S-H-A-U-G-H-N-E-S-S-Y.com. My Instagram handle is opera and coffee, same as this podcast. And I have a newsletter that goes out every month. So it goes out the first of every month and it lets you know what I'm up to. Um, and you can do, you can sign up for it on my website. Just visit my website. There's a nice little pop-up and then you can click on that pop-up and enter your email and you are part of my mailing list. Um, and I only send out my newsletter once a month. Most of the time, there are times I do skip a month here or there, but for the most part, it goes out the first of every month. Uh, and if you are interested in studying voice with me, I also have a way for you to do that. If you, you can email me directly, candace.shaughnessy at gmail.com. You can contact me through my website or you can, I believe I have a sign up directly on my website under my lessons tab or my teaching tab. So have a great week. Stay safe, everyone, and sing strong. Talk to you next time.